It's the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show, hosted by Demiso Josie, Kareem Spence, and Miss Stacy Sanderson Dick. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. Right, welcome to another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. I, I go by the name of Demiso Josie alongside Spencer's here. We are missing Stacy Sanderson Dick. Had a, a family situation she had to take care of, so um, shout out to her. Fairness to her, I missed last week's show, so you know. Yeah, it was crazy. Last week got the intro, and it was funny because I forgot I was supposed to go in. So Adam looking at me like, "Yo, you gonna say something?" <laughs> he was cute. He was like, "Because uh, oh. I'm so used to you doing the intro." And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He's not here today." That is crazy. So on that last show, we had uh, we talked about finances. Um, yeah, we talked about money. They tried to go and talk about my money, but I, I continued to deflect. I'm like, "No, not talk about my we, money." We need like three hours for that, though. Listen, we may need just to shut the whole studio down for a day uh-huh. and just talk about it. That's funny. So yeah, I missed out. I was at that wedding out in the Hampton. So shout out to my cousin out there. Got married out there. And um, did you get some champagne? I got more than champagne. What's more than champagne? We got it in. You got it in? Yeah, I was think it, I'm just now recovering from. Was, let me ask you this: Was it open bar though? It was open bar. It was open bar. Yeah, like right. twelve o'clock in the afternoon, but it was <laughs> open bar. People in the Hamptons got real problems because they got real tax problems. Absolutely, cost a lot. Absolutely, they even had like a, a comedian like when you walked into the reception area, and he was going jokes? in on people. <laughs> it was funny. I was like, I need to have you on the show. <laughs> too, too funny. But um, you know, we've been working the, the podcast and working on 2019. So those of you who follow us on the empowermentperspective.com, we've been making announcements about 2019 being a big year. So oh, um, yeah. we're planning. Um, if you haven't started planning for your 2019, you better start doing that right now. Yes, start looking at that calendar. Yes, the calendar. <laughs> yes, the calendar. But I do have to take a personal story, and I'm going to admit the fact that half of this was my fault. So we had a scheduled podcast up in New York City. Um, okay. with a, uh, Shout out to Cheryl, Cheryl Jacobs. Yes. Look how long it took me to get a pilot, a female <laughs> pilot that wanted to talk to us. So you've been working on this for a long time. So it uh, was so a miscommunication in terms of the time that we were supposed to go up there. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm leaving after work, you know. And, and Kareem was like, yo, the, the show's at 3 o'clock. And I'm like, I can't leave till 3 o'clock. So um, I booked a hotel, though, that day. And this is my yeah, ticket. I don't personal know why you story. did that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, because I, I figured, you know, we were supposed to stay up in New York or whatever and get a couple of shows in. So, I booked the hotel and then I called you, and that's when you was like, yo, the, the show's at three o'clock. So, I had to try to cancel my hotel plans. So, I figured I called the, the hotel and I just literally got off the phone with them. And they was oh. like, no, you can't change it. It's too late. I was like, what do you mean it's too late? So, I, it's, this is Friday, right? So, I look on the website. And the cancellation policy said that your reservation had to be canceled by Wednesday. I said, this don't even make sense. I booked it on Friday. How's the cancellation policy two days before? Oh, wow. Yeah, that shouldn't even apply to you. Yeah, that's crazy. They was like, yo, we're going to charge you or you're going to have to use this or you can move it. So I was like, all right, I'll move it, whatever. So I figured I'd take my girls up later in November. So I moved the date. And then they had a nerve to charge me an extra twenty dollars because the fee changed. And they charged it. That was twenty. <laughs> so, so should I be taking this personal? You should take that personal. Matter of fact, you should shout out the hotel chain that did this. To I, you. I can't shout them out because I use them all the time when we travel. I, I stay with the, the brand because um, I like getting points and free stuff. So I figured okay. we're on the road a lot, and I like this this chain. We stayed the, at okay. this chain plenty of times, so I'm not going to shout the, the chain out. I'm okay. going to shout out the worker. She okay. should have hooked me up. She should have. And be like, listen, all right, cool. Here's your money. You literally, I can see you literally just did this like 10 minutes ago. So let me ask you this. 
could you have possibly said that it wasn't you, it was your daughter playing around with the phone and didn't hit the button by mistake? No, I didn't say that. I said, uh, matter of fact, the messed up part about it was they didn't even charge my account yet. It didn't even show up as any charge on oh. my account. Okay. But she was like, if you don't do something about this, we're going to hit your pockets and you and, and give your room away. Oh, they're going to double dip. Yeah, man. So she, she man. I'm taking that personal. I'm sorry about that. I got to tell you personal, too. All right, what All right. you got? So this is the first day of, of school week. Right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, you, you got a new position. You know, you change jobs and everything. So when I get there, they was like, oh, we're so sorry about Demiso. I'm like, yo, he's not dead. I'm like, <laughs> Like, you can call him. Like, yo, we're so sorry we're going to miss him. Like, he's dead. I'm like, I just talked to him yesterday. You called me on the phone. Unless something happened I didn't know about. I'm like, yo, he's not dead. Go that ahead and call him. Fun. Shout him out. Let him know what you care. <laughs> Shout out yes. to my former co-workers and colleagues down at Egg Harbor Township. I am live and well. Yes. For those of you who are listening to the show. Uh, but I, I did move on to another job in Hamilton. So I'm back. Back where I started. And um, mm. you full, know how we full do circle. full circle. Okay. So you know how we do though. When we go places, we talk to people, and we mm. um, we're working on this, uh, another show. I can't say what we're going to be doing just yet. Mm. And um, I remember I ran into this young lady who's on on the sh- on the set with us right now, and I was like, started talking to her. Um, the one thing I I kind of got offended by is she went to St. Joe's University, <laughs> almost the right color, it's just the wrong school. At least you were in in in, in the city. Different neighborhood too. Yes, different neighborhood. It's definitely not North Philadelphia. Um, and then we got to talking, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm an English major and in, 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 into journalism." And I was like, okay. "Oh, I said we're looking for a host of the show." Mm-hmm. Um, I know her parents very well. I worked with her mother um, at the high school, and we had her father, um, the doctor Frank Kaneski, okay. on on our show. Um, we were down there in Hamilton. Um, it was uh, be epic. Yeah, be epic. Well, you about. can think about his his book, you know, and everything he did. I can't get the idea of my mind out of my mind with him running around with tights on, like flying around the school. That's, that bothered me on the show. When you, it bothered me when you told me about this is what this man did as a sacrifice to help out the kids. That's too much. I'm, hey, listen, man, anything for the kids. So we have her, his daughter on. Yes, welcome. Uh, so welcome, Frankie. How you doing, lady? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thanks for being <laughs> down here. So um, we have a traditional question we're going to ask you later on the show. Our audience knows what that question is. So, um, But today's show is all about uh, media, specifically women in the media. Um, so the empowerment perspective, what we try to do is we try to empower other people. So um, mm-hmm. it just kind of clicked the, the fact that you wanted to be into journalism. And I was like, hey, we're doing this show. What are you doing on Saturday? And this was like yesterday. This yeah, how, was <laughs> yeah, it was short notice, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. He was like, nah, good, I'm good, good. So um, she showed up. I, I didn't think you were coming, but um, you know, like this guy. We here. light today, too. Normally we have a full house. Ah, it's good. But we got a lot of calls, uh, call-ins today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about me, uh, women in the media. Um, I, for those of you who know me, I was uh, formerly an employee at ESPN and ABC, so I reached out to some of my former colleagues, and um, we're going to chop it up today about media. How can you get into the game? Um, you know, just the role that women play within the media, and um, you know, some of the things that they they have to deal with. Um, uh, you have. I hopefully you have some questions. I seen your little book over there, and it's like thirty pages. You was up late last night, weren't you? Yeah, this will be helpful for me because I am aspiring media professional. Ah, why? Why do you want to get into this game? Um, I've always loved to read and write. Ever since I was little, would make my own little newspapers and magazines. Just always kind of love telling stories, and I think the news is. Even though some people think print is dying or dead, I think the news will always be important. Mm. And I think it's really important for women to get into media, too, and represent themselves. That that I agree with. But you mentioned that 
professional and you have notes and he has notes. I'm standing here I, trying I to figure no out notes. which headphones I'm supposed to use. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the unprofessional media uh, person you, you want to set today. It wouldn't be you if you didn't do that. I don't have any notes in front of me. Somebody's yeah, actually texting fact, me yeah, to, that to is listen empty. to the show. Yeah, it's empty. It is. Yeah, I, mean, I, I put on like it, it looks good now. I can tell you, she has a whole lot of stuff that she's written down. She, she can't prepare. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, I'm just a big note taker. I like to have my notes that in front of me. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So, what do you think about my story? Should I have taken it personal? Um, yeah, I definitely would take that personal, especially if it's a, a hotel chain you use a lot. Mm-hmm. They should know that you're a regular. They should treat you better. I should have an insider. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. I need the guy with the white gloves to come in, open the door, <laughs> pour my drink. You need anything, Mr. Joseph. Did, matter of fact, did you tell him that you were a regular? No, they should know. They should, it should pop up and be like, listen, you're a preferred guest member, blah, blah, blah. But now hmm. they just wanted to hit my pockets. Interesting. I spent all my points down in Atlanta last time. <laughs> <laughs> you went all in? I went all in. Well, halfway in. I, I still got some left over. Speaking of Atlanta, yes. um, I want to actually, I want to talk about vision before we get into the actual uh, meat of this, this show. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in having a vision and, and creating that vision and a plan to attack it. And it kind of, three years ago, I went down to Atlanta and I saw Manny Scott speak at this conference. And I said, I put out to the world of Facebook, I said, I'm going to be back in Atlanta speaking. I didn't know how that, what that meant, what that looked like or anything like that. So the next year I put the proposal together for this one conference and they was like, all right, we're going to send you down to California. So me and Darlene went to California and we did, um, we did a conference out there for educators. And I said, no, I got to get to the A somehow, shape, form or fashion. So I put another proposal together and we went to Orlando on that mm-hmm. one. So we go down there and in our particular presentation, there was like seven people in, in, in a thing. It was. And I was like, yo, ain't nobody gonna listen to anything <laughs> that we have to say. But I'm a firm believer, I don't care if it's one or a thousand people in there, I'm gonna deliver what I gotta deliver. And the right people was in there. Gotcha. Um, one of the directors walked out and it went and got the big, big, big director. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they was like, um, on top of the fact that Kareem was being petty, <laughs> down <see>. there <laughs> they wanted to make sure is he worth all this trouble let's go see what he's in there talking about make sure he's worth it so they didn't have kareem's name on the on the list to be down there mind mm-hmm. you we had to pay for this so kareem got a little angry got a little yes. petty and then um once they seen the presentation they invite us invited us down to atlanta um, for free this time and mm-hmm. to vegas um so i finally got down to atlanta and i was like all right the, the vision came true but then I just got a call from the same organization maybe two days ago, and it was like, yo, we're going to put you guys in the pre-conference, and you're going to have all these, these sessions and things. Um, so the vision, it, I didn't know it was going to take that route. I thought I was just going to mm. go straight to the A. Um, but sometimes, and I, I wrote this to um, some of my colleagues uh, in my new school, I said, sometimes we just got to take the stairs. We can't take mm-hmm. the express route to everything. So even though we had to go to California, and then eventually Orlando and find, finally found our way to um, Atlanta. Um, sometimes we just got to take them stairs instead of trying to find an easy way out of everything. Um, but I'm a big, that would have never happened if that vision didn't um, start. You know what I mean? So a lot of us, we need to start dreaming big. We need to start having visions. We need to start, um, you know, looking to step out of your comfort zone and, and start to attack those things. So. Well, speaking of that, I, I want to touch on something that's really controversial right now in the media. 
which is the Nike commercial with mm. the face of Kaepernick. Mm. Um, now, I've watched the commercial several times, mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with him taking a knee or anything else against mm -hmm. the military or even um, the, the flag. Mm -hmm. More importantly, what he said and, that, and what you just said was to dream crazy. Mm -hmm. And if your dream is not crazy enough, then maybe you have the wrong dream. Mm. And I found that to be really big because your dream is crazy. And you mm. was like, yo, you coming too. And I'm like, I'm coming too. <laughs> Let's go. What are you part of my dream? Right. My dream was to be playing for Los Angeles Dodgers or the Lakers. <laughs> that wasn't my dream. So be ready, Frank. Y'all might be like, listen, we're going to go ahead and, and, and go here and speak here, and, and you're going to represent uh, women in media. So now you're officially media. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you're, you. You're, you're <laughs> Sounds <now. Yes>. great. <laughs> So now let me ask this before we go into, you know, your, your why and your purpose and things of that nature. Um, I'm on an injured reserve this week, and I was telling you guys before we came on, right? This is the first week of school, right? I've been wearing these shoes all summer, but I didn't get my six and a half hours in straight. <laughs> so what happened was um, I had to go down to the nurse's office because the back of my heel, it was cut from the shoe. Now, how do you manage that? You <laughs> what, the it? blisters from the yes, new shoes? Yes, that's the worst. It's honestly the worst. I honestly just don't wear the shoes anymore. I give up. Oh, no, 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 just, no, no, no. We no. can't do that. No. Shoes cost money. No, 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 no. I'm just He's, kidding. You got to get some heavy-duty Band-Aids on that. What do you, what, okay, what do you recommend? And uh, this is for everybody that's listening that's, that's professional. You don't want to go through this. What kind of oh, wow. Band-Aids do you recommend? Just the Band-Aid brand, the really thick ones, though, like the heavy-duty. They, yeah, they got Snoopy on them? Star Wars Star characters. Wars. <laughs> now, should I have went to urgent care? Yeah, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. No, for, just get those. Listen, <laughs> anything that has you walking funny, you definitely want to go and see what the emergency is because that's that the emergency. too funny. Well, we're about to take this quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, we're going to have our first call in um, from a woman in media, and we'll introduce her um, on the flip side of this break. Stay tuned. Visit Dutch Family Furniture and Restaurant in the Greater Bridgeton Amish Market. Our expansive showroom features fine handmade Amish furniture, all imported from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Specializing in custom orders, Dutch Family Furniture can create the perfect piece for your home. Visit the family-owned and operated Dutch Family Restaurant for fresh and delicious food for any meal. Try some pot roast or farm-raised turkey or any of our delicious meals and desserts. Dutch Family Furniture and Restaurant at the Greater Bridgeton Amish Market is the perfect place to find home away from home. Hi, I'm Gary Monterosso, and I just love the sound of beer being poured into a glass. If you also enjoy a cold brew, then join Tara Nuren and me every week for What's on Tap. We'll bring you tasting reviews, some of the top personalities in the beverage world, and much more. Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 99.9 FM, 1240 a.m. and online at snjtoday.com. All right, welcome back to the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. I go by the name of Demiso Josie alongside my man, the one and only Mr. Petty. Yes, I'm here. Spence. We got Frankie in the building. Welcome, Frankie, What's to up? the team. Thank you. All right, all right. We also, uh, so this, this show is all about women in the media and media um, in general, and we're all about um, trying to empower our audience. So if you have an interest or you know someone that has an mm. interest in being in the media, today's the show that you want to pay attention to. Um, we're going to hopefully talk to some people that's going to give you, shed some light on how they got into the industry and what it takes to be successful. Um, as I mentioned before, I, in a previous life, I used to work for a company called ESPN and and I met some awesome, awesome people um, in New York City. And I have one on the line right now, Miss Natasha Manners. How are you doing, lady? Natasha? All right, we're gonna, maybe we'll go back to Natasha in a minute. But um, what I'm going to do is 
tell you about my journey on how I, I got into the game. Um, it was kind of by accident, to be honest with you. Um, my brothers, were, one was going to be an electrical engineer, the other one was going to go into like radio and stuff. And I didn't mm. want to be like them. Okay. So I wanted to blaze my own trail. And I just looked at the catalog at Temple. I was like, all right, you know, for radio, TV, or film. So I said, let me go ahead and pick this as a major. Okay. Um, but one of the wonderful things that Temple has done is that they have um, required an internship. So what okay. happened with me is I had an internship with, at the time, uh, it eventually became CW, but I think it was like UPN or something back in the day. UPN, and, okay. Yeah, it's so, a really good program. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was this local program that I had, to, I was a producer for, and the lady I was working under actually got fired. Oh, wow. So instead of canceling the show, they was like, well, here you go. You, you, it's your show. They just so gave you the keys. They gave wow. me the keys to the ship. So um, I created this show. And get this, though. Uh, so there's a program director. And mm -hmm. I created the show. And I had a very, very young Jill Scott on it. She was a poet wow. at the time. Okay. And they was like, no, she can't be on the you, show. You didn't sign to your label? <laughs> I should have signed it. So the, the amazing thing is that, you know, here's Jill, Jill Scott now, yes. this megastar and all this stuff. And she started um, yes. with you. Yeah. So um, does she remember you? Like if you walk up to her like, Jill, what's I'm up? Sure, I'm sure not. Jelly from Philly. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure chicken wings I used to bring you. <laughs> Hey, grits. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so I put my resume built off of that, and I, you know, I got a um, job offer for ESPN. Went up to Connecticut, and um, you know, started working as a network integrator up there. And that was just weird. Like it was, you know, here's here's Stuart Scott sitting next to you eating lunch, and then you mm -hmm. got you know all these NFL players and these athletes just walking around campus. Um, but the weird thing at the time is everyone was like, "Yo, you work for ESPN, but they didn't pay you, Jack." I was only making twenty eight thousand dollars a year. Oh, Fresh out of college. And I'm looking at that now, like, how? Speaking of finances, man. I was like, how did I manage having an apartment and all man. that stuff? Yeah. Um, but you only ate, like, once a week? No, nah, I, I <laughs> ate good. Well, ESPN, did, they took care of you on other ends. Okay. Right? You know what I'm saying? So um, all the perks was pretty good. Um, so then it's about networking at that particular point mm -hmm. in time. So um, I think we got Natasha online. Natasha, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Ah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Is it raining up there in New York City? Um, it looks like it's about to start coming down very soon, but right now we're dry. All right, all right. It's been a long time. I haven't talked to you in a long it time. It has been a very long time, <laughs> but it's good to hear from you. Uh, likewise, likewise. Well, listen, we're going to jump right in. Um, I, I just want you to explain your journey and how you got into television. Like, why did you choose that route, and, and you know, how did you get to where you are right now? Hmm, interesting. So I've always been interested in arts, entertainment, television. I've always been interested in that industry. Um, parents out there will say, oh, you know, try to be a doctor or be a lawyer or a judge. Things like that never interested me. I've always been someone of the arts. Um, so I started that back in high school. I was always a part of, you know, a media club, you know, anything, the newspaper, the magazine. And that pretty much carried me all the way through college. Um, in college, I was a part of the black media team. I was a part of the, the broadcasting uh, news magazine. I went to West Virginia University, so they were very big on that in their journalism school. I was a part of the newspaper, reporting, things of that nature. So it always interested me to interact with people that way. Mm -hmm. And I, I stayed with that. Right. I, I continue with that. I, I never I never ventured off and did anything else simply because it just did not interest me. Um, 
this is something that kept driving me when I was since I was in high school. Mm. So I, I continued that, that journey, um, and right out of college, I was very determined that I would only do work that was related to what I was interested in. Mm. So therefore, I looked for, you know, radio, I looked for television, I looked for newspaper, magazine. Mm-hmm. I took internships that were unpaid, mm-hmm. but it was magazine experience. Mm-hmm. It was in television, it was in radio advertising. So I stayed with that, and, and the journey's not easy, because again, I said, unpaid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to really be committed to what you want to do, um, but I was very committed to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I did, not yeah, to ahead. cut you off, um, but I, I know your father played a major role in your life. What role did he do in supporting your, your dreams and what you wanted to do? Um, just, just all-time support. I mean, again... He supported me, but he was also of the very old school of, oh, are you sure you don't want to be a judge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer, you know, a doctor? Mm-hmm. Th- those typical things. And I just say that it, I am not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was fighting through that. And I think by me being really determined, he saw that, oh, he really doesn't want to be a doctor, which I really did not mm-hmm. want to do that. Gotcha. Um, but then when he saw that, you know, he's constantly supporting me, making sure, you know, that I, I, I got to job, you know, he helped me when I was doing my unpaid internships, mm-hmm. making sure that I was eating, making sure I was getting to where I was going, um, just the constant support. But again, he, he was on the old school level of, you know, doctor, lawyer, and then had to, you know, come my way mm-hmm. when he saw that I wasn't budging. So yeah. let me ask a quick question. This is, uh, this is Spence. So on the days that it was raining, like today, how did you mm-hmm. continue to find a motivation to keep going even though you were in those un- unpaid internships? Um, not, not always easy. Not always easy. It's a drag. Sometimes it's a drag. You're, you're going somewhere, you're putting your all into it and you know, you're not getting paid. You're going for the experience. And that is what I would always tell people in media. A lot of the work that you will do comes from experience. Mm. It does not come from what they teach you in school. What I am doing, you know, exactly. (laughs) It's, It's all experience. What I do right now cannot learn that in school. Mm. <laughs> they what, don't teach what that is it that you do all. today? So right now I work for ABC um, Television Network, and I am a senior manager of broadcast digital implementation. So basically my group is in charge of working with the larger broadcast operations group to ensure that all the elements in all of our um, ABC t- television programming is done correctly. It's mm. a lot of what the viewer doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And I'll sum it up to say, we make it pretty for the viewer. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing is a, com- uh, a compilation of the, the show content, compilation of commercials, promos, graphics, and, and all kinds of elements. It does not start out that way, but it finishes that way thanks to the work that my team is helping to do. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. we, make, we make that program pretty for you guys. <laughs> got you, got you. Yeah. Now, in a former life, we worked together as operations managers down there in ABC, and that it was yeah. sort of the, the, the same type mm-hmm. of a, a situation a little bit. But um, on the show, we also have uh, uh, Frankie Reneski here who just finished college as a journalism major. Is there any advice yeah. that you can give her on how she can get into the into the game of television? Um, don't stop. Um, <laughs> I've been speaking a lot to a lot of people that have just recently graduated. Um, it's, it's serious business out here. When I graduated, we didn't have this digital world mm. as we have right now. That's a whole new realm. 
So you have to make yourself available to learn any and everything. They're, they're out here hiring people that are one-woman shows, one-man shows that know how to do any and everything and willing to do any and everything. Um, again, a lot of what, what happens now, they do not teach you in school. Do not just look for things that um, are on paper. A lot of people come out, I want to be a reporter. I want to be a producer. I want to be a director. That's great. But there are so many other opportunities aside from those things. Um, there's just new opportunities in, in the digital world, um, social media world. They're hiring for these types of, of jobs that people don't necessarily know about. They do not teach you these things in school. This, a lot of this is experience-based. So I would say look for all aspects. Look for, look for anything and everything related to media, related to the digital world. I work a little bit in new technology. Um, everything, you know, everything is computer-based now. So do not limit yourself. And don't be, don't be, don't be afraid to try something new. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I actually just had an internship at a TV station in Philly where I was on the digital team, and it definitely was really eye-opening to see that there are other jobs besides just being on TV or on air, and it was definitely really eye-opening. But I definitely also relate to your story because I've always wanted to be in the arts too, but it, it definitely can be discouraging when I see a lot of my yes. friends' business majors getting their jobs right out of college, and I'm kind of, do I really want to do like this? Me. But I definitely, <laughs> I definitely really do want to do this, so... I'm definitely going to keep on that path. One of the biggest yeah. things, really, and especially in TV, is is your ability to network. Um, so yeah. meeting people, um, this is part of the reason why I asked you to be on the show today, frankly, because we were talking to a lot of people that you can make contacts with um, and developing that network and, and trying to, to get into it. So when I worked at ESPN, there were art majors I worked next to. It was all about who you knew at that particular point in time. Um, and mm -hmm. then you kind of navigate the waters of, you know, once you're in the company, once you're in the door, like the sky is sort of the limit. You kind of feel your way um, right. through it. So um, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Um, I know that you're a parent and um, and you're married. So talk about how do you balance um, that within an uh, industry such as TV? Oh, that's a job in itself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really have to, um, when I had my first child, he's now 15, but when I had my first child, I was actually working in, in the same environment that Denise spoke of before. It was a 24-7 department working mm -hmm. all kinds of hours overnight you know weekends you just your life was not your own um what really helped me was i had a, a strong support system behind me that really helped me there was no way that i would be able to do that without that support system um but after a certain amount of time even that became too draining you do not get to have the life that you necessarily want that's not the life that I wanted um, which is why I switched to something in my department that was a little bit more stable than not um, working with a department that was you know 24 7 on call you know you were expected to stay after your eight hours if something was breaking news and it just started to drain me um, and I had been with that department for a little bit about five years and I always say five years is that mark when people start figuring out if they want to continue in a job, if they're really, really interested in it, or they might start looking elsewhere. Their interests might, you know, differ. So that was about the time. And I, I went to people and I told them, I said, listen, I was actually willing to quit so that I can get some normalcy back in my life because I had a child at the time, married, and I wasn't 
I was I wasn't home half the time. So it just so happened that there were other opportunities in my uh, area that was a little bit more stable that I happened to go for. Um, but it's it's not easy, mm. it, and I, I say that for any job, it, it's not easy when you have other people to care for, whether it's children, whether it's parents. You know, um, there are people that you know they do you know nonprofit work or other work outside of their their regular day job. It's balancing act is, is is not easy. I am a big proponent of self-care. I preach that to the top of my lungs. Uh, so I always say, if you can find something, you cannot make work your entire life. I always say that, you know, work happens in the course of life. Life doesn't happen in the course of work. Mm. And I stick by that. Yeah. Well, Natasha, we definitely thank you for your time. Yes. It was definitely good to get up with you, and um, hopefully we can contact you in the future. Um, we're, we're oh, absolutely. Definitely going to be in New York relatively soon. We were supposed to be there a couple of weeks ago, but I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, okay. be up there. we'll be up there definitely uh, and, and check you out, and uh, um, hopefully everything is well with you and your family. And um, It is. It is. Thank you. Awesome. So, thank you again. And, um, thank we you. Gotta, Go on this commercial break, and um, I'll be in touch. So on the flip side of this break, we, we have more call-ins. Um, we're going to have a call-in from California and somebody down in North Carolina. Talk about network. My network is, like, mm. <laughs> expensive. It's getting, right? it's getting bigger. So um, we'll be back right after this message. I'm Father Robert Sinatra, pastor of St. Padre Pio Parish here in Vineland, New Jersey. Come and experience the best of Italian culture at our 16th annual St. Padre Pio Festival, held on September the 23rd, 2018, from 12 to 6 p.m. Taste the food, hear the music, and most importantly, share in the faith of the great Italian saint from Pietrocina and his love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Gary Monteroso, and I just love the sound of beer being poured into a glass. If you also enjoy a cold brew, then join Tara Nuren and me every week for What's on Tap. We'll bring you tasting reviews, some of the top personalities in the beverage world, and much more. Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 99.9 FM, 1240 AM, and online at snjtoday.com. All right, welcome back to the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. Mr. Petty, how'd you, yes. how'd you feel about Natasha? She gave you some um, good information. It was one, I know she had to go, but it was one question I got to, should have asked her about them shoes? Because, listen, I'm in pain right now, but I'm fighting my way through it. I'm on an injury report today. That is too funny. So I talked about my network, um, and again, I'm, I'm about putting myself around people that are about things and, 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 you know, trying to empower as many people as possible. So I had to dig deep in the, into my network on this one, and um, this is somebody that I have on the line that, um, I kind of grew up with, she kind of grew up with my brothers. Um, I found out that she went down south and started doing a thing in the media. Uh, Miss Erica Lenny, how are you doing, lady? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Where are you um, in, 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 in the south? I, I forgot to ask you. I'm in Virginia Beach. Oh, Virginia oh. Beach. Huh. Went to the beach, huh? So, uh, <laughs> talk about a little bit what you do down there. Like, what, What's your role in the media? I work on a uh, international magazine program called Turning Point International, and it's a it's a Christian based program. But we air throughout Africa, the Caribbean, um, the United Kingdom, so it's more of an international program mm. 
than an American one. But we are starting now on a digital channel that the company created. So I'm really excited about that. That is awesome. Why did they, how did you decide that this is something that you wanted to do? Was it a calling for you or do you feel like this is this something that you always just wanted to do? You know, growing up, I always loved watching TV. Mm. So I always loved the idea of television and film, um, to be to be honest. But I think it I I just went into it. There was other avenues I wanted to do. I wanted to be a pilot. I took flying lessons. I didn't enjoy it. I thought about a whole other you know, a lot of other um professions, but I kept coming back to television or just being creative. I think that's what I wanted to do was to be creative. Mm, I got you. Um, so talk about your journey. Now, how did you how did you go about getting there? Ah, well, I went to Hyannis University. That's mm-hmm. how I ended up in Virginia. And I studied broadcast journalism. I ended up going to Regent University to do script and screenwriting. And after that, honestly, I started working in um, social services. I worked at a group home afterwards. Mm-hmm. And my coworker, honestly, his name is Jay Brown, really... Every day he would say, Erica, you are wasting your time. This mm. is not where you're supposed to be. And I went back to Regent for something, and I saw a flyer for actually a show I work on now. And I started interning, and that led me to you know, being an associate producer, producer now, I'm a senior producer there. And it just, I think it was just fate, honestly. Mm. Got you. Um, talk about uh, your role as a female in the media. Like, um, what kind of skills do you have to, to to develop in order to be successful in what traditionally was a male-dominated do- industry? I think any um, writing. I think writing is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to have to be skilled in writing, to be skilled in all aspects of, of media at this point, because now we're men. Um, you know, a lot of the industry, you kind of have to know everything, lighting, directing, uh, camera work, editing, because people are, you know, it's, you save money if you can do everything. Mm-hmm. That's always the key. <laughs> if you could do everything, then you could save a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, you don't have to be a master of, of everything, but have a working knowledge of whatever it is that you want to do in media. There's, there's a lot of aspects to media that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just, you know, directing or producing. And there's there's a lot of different roles. But whatever your role is, be familiar with it. Be uh, Learn it to the best of your ability. And be good at what you do. I think that's the biggest thing because I think if you're good at what you do, um, it can definitely open some doors for you. Now, this is Spence, but as, as a producer of a show, how do you manage egos? I have a really big ego. Mm. I really do. Yeah, it's tough, it's tough <laughs> managing. I have a really big ego. How do you manage we'll it? We'll see. Because it, it couldn't be two thing. of me on the same show. It would work. <laughs> Here's the thing. The show I work on, the team is very small. So there's no room for ego. Mm. You know, like, yes, I'm the senior producer, but I'll go over to the craft services table. I don't, I have spent times we have guests. I have fixed food for people. I don't have a problem doing that because my goal is, to ensure that we have a good show. Mm. And so if I'm going to ensure we have a good show, then I have to lay, and everyone has to lay their ego down. I think that comes into play. Let's say if I have a really huge team and, you know, I have it 
had to step in and do things um, like go to pick up a guest from the airport and stuff like that. Then maybe my ego would be bigger, but because there's only a couple of us on the show, I wear many hats, so there's no room for ego. That's funny. <laughs> How do you decide in terms of your content? Um, I know that media is largely driven by the audience and the, the audience's wants. Um, so when you go into a show, like what's that process? Are you constantly thinking about what the audience wants, or are you just creating content and hopefully that you'll get a big following? No, it's definitely audience driven. And I want the show I work on um, was created specifically for Africa. The the man who created the show is um, he's Nigerian and British, and he created the show specifically for Africa. And one thing with our show we don't do is we only show the beautiful parts of Africa. Mm-hmm. We will not go into a place and um, manipulate images. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll put it like that, mm-hmm. and create, you know, people don't see parts of Africa that I see when mm-hmm. I go. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that I like to show. I like to show, you know, people doing things. People Now, we do, I've done stories where people who were in slums, but it was a situation where they came out of the slum. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not denying any of those other things exist, mm-hmm. but I think we have enough of those images mm-hmm. um, to suffice all of us. And so... My goal is to um, show, um, it, with it being a Christian-based program, we like to show people who have, um, God has helped them through various situations mm-hmm. um, in their life. And so those are the things that I know that our audience really likes to see. Right. And um, the fact that most people now live in cities mm-hmm. in Africa, and not to say there are still villages and things like that, mm-hmm. but the majority of the people live in, in cities and so I always like to read data, get understanding and create a program that I know our audience will enjoy. I think that's big because I think a lot of people have this misunderstanding that, that media has agenda. I mean there are some places out there that may have it but it is 100% audience driven. If you don't like the content stop watching it and it will change the content. The audience has the power to really dictate and drive with the, the media is all about and in these individual stations and things they have a brand that they're trying to uh, protect it's like nike like you mm-hmm. know what i mean nike's going after athletes and sports people um mm-hmm. you don't, don't want to be an athlete you don't want to wear nike you stop buying it they're going to change their brand <laughs> to, 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 to uh, reflect it so the media doesn't necessarily have this Gender. There's no big brother watching. It's they're watching you and seeing what your your habits are, and then mm-hmm. they're going to create the content to get as many people as possible. So yeah. if you don't like the content, stop listening. Don't stop listening to this show. No, this, but, <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Other shows, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll say this. I'll say we we are the number one um, radio show in South Jersey on Saturday mornings. That's dope. Yes, we're number from, one from twelve to one. Absolutely, we're, we're, we're number one. We are number one. And we we went out and we polled some people, and I actually polled myself, and I came up with the data, and I'm saying that we're number one. That is awesome. Well, listen, Eric, I know you probably got a flight to catch or something going on, so I definitely appreciate your time and calling in. Um, definitely want to uh, hit you up in for the, for the future um, mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, we're coming to VA. Yeah, we're we, going. We're supposed to be down in August. Yeah, we're going to the A. We're going to have to stop by Virginia Beach, too, and uh, 
No, yeah. we were supposed to have been in Virginia. We had we were uh, supposed to have went down to Richmond. Oh, you're right. You're right. So we gotta we gotta hook something up. So uh we'll definitely stop down in, in Virginia don't, too. Don't so. blame us. Blame Stacy because she's still been working on our <laughs> on calendar. Our calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so Frankie, you're on the team now. You you're charging the calendar. So we have okay. to get our calendar. <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility. Uh-oh. You're gonna be accountable for a lot. <laughs> Even stuff we don't tell you. That's yeah, supposed to be on the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> so thank you, Erica, and uh safe travels thank out there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. So that was Erica Lenny. She's down in Virginia Beach. So we talked to Natasha. We talked to Erica. Um, Erica was somebody that I grew up with. Um, mm. And I asked. from Stanger Avenue too? Off of Stanger Avenue. Um, so I, I part of the podcast and part of these things, I kind of bring on my, my close people that I grew up with just so that people can understand that uh, where we grew up and how we were a network of people working together. Mm. And, you know, I don't really think there's too many of us that aren't about doing stuff so yeah, um, you guys have a lot. really unique neighborhood and i keep saying that my neighborhood <laughs> nothing like that <laughs> that is awesome so we have another caller um uh, calling in all the way from the west coast is somebody that i um work with actually at espn and abc I actually followed her uh from espn to abc um she uh was nice enough to wake up early in the morning um uh, to be on our show uh miss leslie perkins are you there Leslie, I might have to call Leslie back in a minute. Um, but I understand because if you call me early in the morning, I may take a nap too. <laughs> <laughs> That's petty. That's like three-hour difference, though. It is a three-hour difference, but when you have good friends and you're a good person, they will wake up. Or now she asked me to do. It. I'm not waking up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. I am just joking. So, so, what do you think so far, Frankie, about the show? I think it's just really great, especially for me. Um, to hear from everyone about their journeys, about just how they kept on the path even when it got hard, and mm-hmm. just to hear how they really broke into the industry because it can definitely be discouraging at first when it's, you're just facing mm-hmm. job applications and internships and what do I do next? So mm-hmm. it's good to hear about there's a lot of different paths to get right. where you want to go. Right. Are, are you checking off all, everything on your, your list? <laughs> yes, okay. I am checking off, <laughs> circling <laughs> things, <laughs> underlining, writing stuff down. <laughs> I feel like I'm in class or something. Uh, right. <laughs> I think we got Leslie on. Leslie, are you there? I am here now. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. <laughs> morning. <laughs> You're awake now. I am awake a little bit now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I was just telling the people that, you know, I, we kind of shared the same journey of going from ESPN to ABC. I kind of followed you over there um, to the big city. Um, so let's talk about um, your journey into television. Um, when when did you have that passion to that you wanted you knew you wanted to be into media in some shape form or fashion? Well, I don't think it was until my last uh, two years of college. Um, I I to be honest with you, I changed my major about five times before I even decided on what I wanted to do. You? And no. um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, very indecisive. I like, I like choices, you know. Hmm. I like having my options open. I can relate. <laughs> I definitely changed my major too. <laughs> I did. I, I did change it about a, a few times, and one of them was just because I wasn't doing really well at something I thought I would be really good at, and so I figured, all right, well, let's just switch it up. Mm. So I did switch it up, and I was bored with that one, so I decided, all right, well, let's try mass communications. So I was pretty decent at that, and mm. so I figured, let's just let's just work on this one. This would be good. Mm. And you went to the University uh, of Connecticut. Ah, Connecticut, and they had a pretty uh-huh. decent program. I take it. Uh, they did have a decent uh, program. I spent most of my time focused on interpersonal skills, uh, more so than their television program. 
they had a really tiny TV uh, program station, and they didn't do a whole lot. So I think it's grown since I've left. But at the time, it wasn't that it wasn't that big, and uh, I spent most of my time just learning more about um, interpersonal skills, which is kind of funny to say now. But <laughs> um, yeah, it in, in the long run, it helped me, right? Mm-hmm. So I did study mass media communications, but I focused more on the interpersonal side, more so than the actual getting in front of a camera and uh, doing that kind of work. Although I did have an internship in New York City doing post production, where I learned about. Um, you know, patching tape machines and sitting in on editing sessions. At the time, that post-production company was doing a lot of editing for MTV. So it was a time where they were doing the Video Music Awards and Chris Rock. They were trying to put Chris Rock into a Jamiroquai video. So hmm. I'm not sure if people remember Jamiroquai, but mm-hmm. it was uh, pretty cool uh, Pretty cool to be involved in. Hmm. And I thought, well, this is pretty amazing, so I'll want to continue to do this. So I came back to Connecticut trying to find myself a job. Hmm. So let's talk about it. You found yourself a job. You got that phone call from ESPN, and they were like, we want to hire you as X, Y, Z. What was that moment like for you? It was pretty cool because it's ESPN, right? And so, uh, you know, I'm a girl who grew up in Connecticut, and Connecticut doesn't really necessarily have a major sports team. And I was into UConn basketball, and I went to UConn, and I uh, was going to football, soccer, and basketball games since I was about 10 years old. So going to ESPN and working for ESPN was like a dream because I was going to be working at the largest sports network that ever existed, right? So mm-hmm. that was pretty amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty lucky. I felt pretty lucky to be able to go into ESPN at such a young age. Right. Although knowing now they take a lot of people at young ages. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that life, though, because we work together in the same department. Yeah. What was that life like um, as it's a young rough. person? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. So, so it's a little bit of both, right? I think I think when, you know, at our age, when we were 23, 24, even 25, those, that kind of lifestyle is fun. And Bristol, Connecticut uh, was just like an extension of college. Mm. So going to each other's houses at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning because you just got out of work was mm. kind of a normal experience. And it was fun because we were young and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, that 24 hours, seven days a week, nights, holidays, weekends, that, that grows, on, that wears on your body, it wears on your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it gets hard after a while. <laughs> Delivered for that too. <laughs> so, so this is Spence. But going into the interview process, did you have to know a lot about sports at ESPN? Um, you know, I don't remember, but I've, I'm fairly certain they must have asked. But because I was such a huge sports fan anyway, okay. it was easy for me to answer questions about sports. So, hmm. you know, I'm sure they asked me things about who's your favorite team, who's your favorite player, and of course, at the time and even now, I probably have answers to that. Mm-hmm. Probably less so now, but um, at the time, definitely. Now, the reason that I asked that, because they had a, uh, a program show called um, The Wake Up or the Early in the Morning, and there was a, um, a female personality that said that she wasn't going to watch football or NCAA football, NFL or college football for the season. She was, like, boycotting, and then they just moved her off the show. She <laughs> was like, you out. So yeah. You know, this is a wrap for you. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Um, my, well, that's silly. Why would you do that? Yeah, right? <laughs> One of the telltale, uh, tell signs of uh, a company is going to hire you is if they put you up in a hotel or they fly you out, they're not going to waste money on you. Um, so that was kind of my experience with, with ESPN. I went, you know, got invited to, to come for the interview, but I was like, all right, they're going to put me up in the Marriott. I said, I, I know I'm coming home with this thing. Um, put, you Marriott. put me in a Marriott, man. You get a king or, or a double queen. <laughs> 
I, th- I think I had a king. You had a king. They had a king, and that, that was that was really a, a interesting experience for me. So you decided to move to ABC, and you worked in, I believe, in the commercial department, correct? I did. In fact, I was so desperate to move to New York City, I had no idea what I would be doing. I just somehow got the job and just went. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll, you know, the funny thing is, and it sounds so childish now, but at the time, I just wanted to be somewhere bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were doubling my pay. I was going to New York City. I was young, and I said, this sounds like fun. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So I had I, I, I had an idea of what I would be doing. And in fact, within the interview, they brought up uh, a machine that I knew nothing about. I was like, oh, yeah, we have that at ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and I 100% kind of fibbed. I knew what it was. I just didn't know how to work it. Mm. So that's, that's not I a learned. Lie. That's not a lie. <laughs> she recognized what it was. She didn't, didn't know what it did. Uh-huh. That's not a lie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, sure. I just graduated from college. I'm hoping to get into journalism, media in some way. So I was just wondering, why do you think it's important for women to get involved in media? Well, I think it's because it's a little bit of diversity, right? I, I have to tell you, like, I've been pretty lucky throughout my career because um, the first time I was hired for my job was I was hired by by men, and then the next two jobs I've had I've been hired by very strong, powerful women, mm. and so it's been a it's been a decent experience because you want to have people above you that you can look up to and you can learn from, and when I sit in conference rooms, so I went from an operations job to an IT job, and I can tell you that on many occasions. Uh, I sit in a room where I'm the only woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surrounded by a good 8 to 15 men and one woman. And so there's not a lot of women in in media, and I think that that voice needs to be heard more. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to get yourself out there. Whatever whatever, whatever path you choose within media, because there's so many of them, um, yeah, definitely. There's you can, you can sit around a room and you'd be one of one, two, maybe three women top. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get us out there. Yeah, and I agree. I think that the perspective coming from a woman is always going to be different from a man. Mm-hmm. So I think that your voice needs to be heard, especially mm-hmm. in those meetings when they're making decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to switch gears real quick because we're coming near the end of the show. we got like nine minutes left of the show. And I, <laughs> I want to ask you this question. And it's a really, really <laughs> important question I need to ask you. Are you petty? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yes. I, I think I, I don't. I want to say not all the time, but sure. I mean, if there's something that irritates me, or if there's a person that you know, I try to deal with people uh, on the same level all the time. And obviously, there's people you like a lot more than others. Mm-hmm. But I never treat the people that I don't like poorly, right? Because mm-hmm. in business and in life, you never know who's gonna be there. You never know who you're going to run into. You never know who's the next person that might need to help you. Mm. You always want to be kind to those people. But I can't tell you that they've done something or someone's done something or I've heard something that I don't immediately jump to a conclusion that I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. Mm. So yeah, I, <laughs> I can be petty. <laughs> I'm glad that you admitted it and I didn't have to bring it out in you. I'm, I'm glad that you admit that you were petty. Well, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think that you thought I was going to answer that differently, though. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, I, have, I, have, I have another really big, important question, at least to me, because I am petty. I've, I've been dealing with this pain on the back of my heel all morning. <laughs> I, I wore shoes this week and it cut like right in the back. It's really deep. Um, how, how do you manage that when you put new shoes on 
and you're, you're running around and you in pain. What do you do? Uh, suck it up, Buttercup. No, no. <laughs> that was the I think she watched it. I think she watched it. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> well, Leslie, we thank you for your time. And uh, the Empowerment Perspective Group has to get out to California before we bring you back. We're going to mm-hmm. go out there and capture you. We're going to bring you back to the East Coast uh, where you belong. But we're yeah. definitely going to. Well, I'm ready for that. <laughs> All I ask is that you stop at Roscoe's and get us some chicken and waffles before we leave. <laughs> So I'm gonna let you go back to sleep. It is Saturday, and it's probably like six o'clock in the morning out there. It's probably traffic already. Yeah, probably traffic. Traffic is always out. Definitely traffic already. But thank you so much, lady, and and I'll be in touch. That was Leslie Perkins out there in California. So we talked to three very, very important, Mm -hmm. prominent ladies in media. Um, We didn't get to ask everybody if they were petty, but we're gonna ask you, Frankie. Are you petty? Oh, (laughs) I think. I mean, I think everyone's a little bit petty. I think I try not to be petty. You you guys talk to my dad, you know, he says, treat everyone like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do my best to do that. But of course, if something's bothering you and really irritating, it's hard not to be petty, but. When's the last time you were petty? Probably towards my sister. <laughs> <laughs> Was that like today? Uh, Yeah, probably last night today, last this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's always trying, she, so when I'm at college, she's always in my closet borrowing my clothes without asking mm. but then if i go into her room and i'm like can i borrow a shirt no why mm. would you ask that mm. so of course we do get into some petty arguments i would say <laughs> i don't think that's petty i don't, I don't no? like people wearing my clothes i don't think that's petty. Yeah, it is petty no. well if she's borrowing mine without asking it's her yeah. sister so if your brother came in your closet was like hmm let me take this brand new jersey that he hasn't worn and put that on that's okay with you? <laughs> I have a story real quick. <laughs> it wasn't me. My uncle, right? <laughs> My brother just bought this jersey. It was an Oklahoma jersey. It was one of the, the, the new ones back in the day. And he wore it one time, right? Mm-hmm. And he was about to wear it again. And I see my uncle walking down our dirt road with this, <laughs> this jersey on. He was looking fresh, too? He was looking fresh. And my brother was so mad. He was like, you know what? I ain't even wearing it anymore. You can have it. So go ahead and keep my Billy Sims jersey. It doesn't matter. I don't even wear it. But I think it's fair that, you know, the sisters should be able to share clothes, whatever. Now, if no. I'm not walking in your closet, we're not related. It's not going to happen. No. Nobody yep, should yep, be wearing nobody else's clothes. But my, my dad was a stickler on that. Nobody wears nobody else's <laughs> Listen, clothes around here. undergarments I get. But, yeah, but I'm not that's how, that's how it starts. It, it starts with, with shirts and pants, and then it's like, oh, man, I forgot I left my underwear. And you go put my underwear. No, that just becomes nasty. No. That's ridiculous. So, but if you stop it, you stop it, you stop it in the beginning, you don't have to worry about it. Like, I had a conversation, and they were talking about bowling shoes. Uh-huh. I had my own bowling shoe. Yeah. It's like, why don't you wear it? No, I'm not wearing nobody else's shoes. I don't know what people been doing with their feet all day, and I'm not putting somebody else's shoes on. They got the spray in it. No, spray I don't know. Spray. Well, what happens if you get somebody who's not paying attention, right? And they just spraying, but they missed the entire shoe. And then they just put it back on oh. like it's clean. No. It's disgusting. You have to have a lot of trust in people. Something mm. to think about with mm. the bowling shoes. <laughs> Everyone go buy their own shoes. shoes. Yeah, next time I go bowling, I might no. have to buy my own. No, go, go on Amazon. Everybody go buy their own shoes today. Nobody <laughs> should be sharing bowling shoes. Or skates, for that matter. If you go like Young's or you go out there to Franklinville, bring your own skates. Stop sharing people's oh shoes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What's something wrong with you, man? It really it, is. It is. It is. <laughs> several diagnoses. <laughs> so you dress like the mayor today. Yes. Oh, yes. So Why are you dressed up like the mayor today? Uh, we have uh, a speaking engagement. So the Empowerment Perspective has been invited to go down to um, ACCC um, in Shalonda Austin's program, which is in my care. So mm-hmm. they have a 
nice event going on today. They have a lot of community people coming out, and, and you know they're going to share some stuff with the students to get them ready for school. That is awesome. That is awesome. And speaking of school, everyone's back in the school and hopefully mm-hmm. back in the swing of things. Um, so hopefully our show prepared you for that. I want to give a shout out to everyone that donated to our uh, fundraiser yes. out there. We were able to um, give uh, school supplies to the surrounding community here um, near Violent, and mm-hmm. um, we also had a uh, school out in the Bronx, I believe we also donated to mm-hmm. um, that's out there. So the Power Perspective is doing some things. Uh, we got our fundraiser coming up for um, Thanksgiving. Uh, what I think I want to do, though, is I, I want to find a neighborhood and actually uh, cook for the neighborhood it'd be free and people could come out and um pookie don't show up pookie. <laughs> <laughs> i got these cheeseburgers <laughs> nah. yes. uh, so if you hit us up and contact us on the on www.theempowermentperspective.com um and drop us a line and as to why you your neighborhood uh needs some assistance and would like us to come out there and 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 be a blessing to your neighborhood Absolutely. Um, we're going to figure out a way to to make that happen uh, for you so that's the empowerment perspective so Frankie, how was it today? It was a, an awesome experience. I feel really inspired. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, I do feel really inspired hearing from, you know, these strong women in the media and just about their path and just their inspiring words. I'm definitely going to keep pursuing what I want to do and hopefully it'll lead somewhere. Mm, I would say. Definitely. I learned a lot from not wearing other people's shoes. Today. <laughs> yep. I learned not yeah, to yeah, wear yeah. the bowling shoes <laughs> Miso, you're a grown man. Stop wearing other people's shoes. <laughs> I don't even want to wear my shoes. <laughs> like, uh, it's crazy. Do um, also we have coming up? Hopefully, uh, we're developing a show. Um, so this was kind of like Frankie's audition for mm-hmm. the show. Uh-oh. I think she did really well today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're, we're developing a show based upon food and conversation, is Absolutely. what I'll say. Um, so I just also want to give a shout out. We had a sponsor for this particular mm, yes. show, Old Brother, oh. down there in um, Philadelphia on Second and Market. They will be having um, their grand opening event on October sixth, which is Temple's Un- University's homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be down there doing a live podcast so make sure you get down there there's giveaways free food and all mm-hmm. that stuff that is old brother on second and market uh we met the owners down there, yeah so. we met the owners i mean the, the food is outstanding mm-hmm. so they fed us and they didn't even charge us and which it, was good that was awesome yeah. i was like all right <laughs> that's the best part of the day i had to pay 50 dollars for parking <laughs> wow <laughs> so the food was free but, but the food was good and, yeah. and the environment the ambiance of the of, like it's like an upscale burger place so mm-hmm. I, mean, I recommend everybody go check them out definitely again that's october 6th that's on second and market um they were the sponsor for today's show oh brother um i think i had the, the veggie burger down there because i don't eat uh beef and pork and mm-hmm. all that stuff so they have some options if you don't um uh eat those things as mm-hmm. well so yeah i don't uh, eat beef either but i had the uh the pulled um it was a pulled buffalo chicken sandwich mm-hmm. and it had uh blue cheese on it and I told him to keep the coastal, but it was good. <laughs> Frank, any last words before we get out of here? Um, I just want to say thank you guys for having me. I loved hearing from what you guys had to say. Very entertaining. And just <laughs> what all the callers had to say. And definitely, if you're a woman out there, don't feel like you can't not pursue what you want to do. Just follow your dreams and it'll lead you where you're meant to be. All right. Stacy, we missed you today. Um, on behalf of the Empowerment Perspective Group, uh, make sure you tune in. We'll be back in another two weeks um, here on snjtoday.com. Uh, Until next time, we got up stay empowered.